through, the Lord already knew it. The Lord already had a plan for it. He's the one that put it into place. He's the one that got you in this thing, this process. Whatever you're going through, the Lord puts you there. And He uses it to get us where He wants us. He uses it, the situations of our life to mold us and mend us into what He wants us to be. That's why they're there. You know, in the book, in the book of Job, it looked like Job was a, a, a righteous man, as a righteous man could be, but there were some things that he needed. And he still had to go through some stuff in order to get where the Lord wanted him. And it's for the glory of God. And it's to upbuild His kingdom and to make you what He wants you to be. Amen. Anybody else got something on your heart? I didn't say it earlier, but the altar's always open here. It's, it's on the sign. It's, we even added an extra L that it's always open. It ain't never closed. If you need to pray this morning, do something for the Lord, do something, do business with God, it's always open. Amen. Nobody else got anything? Let's go to Galatians 5. Galatians chapter 5. I feel like this is maybe a little bit of a hard message. Um, I know the, the, the Spirit's been sweet in here today, and that's great. But uh, I spent some of that quiet time that Larry was talking about yesterday in, uh, in my office pretty much uh, from lunchtime till midnight-ish, somewhere around there. I spend most of my time on Saturdays, that's kind of what we do, just wanting to be sure we're in the Lord's will, pray a little, study a little, read a little, pray a little, and uh, it's needful. Um, I need it more than just Saturdays. Sometimes uh, I just read a little, but then on Saturdays I've got to go back up and make up for what I ain't done all week, and I don't believe that's the way the Lord intended it, but sometimes that's the way we do, and it takes all day long just to ensure that we're in the right place. Um, this scripture, and uh, we may turn over to Hebrews in a minute, I don't know, but what I've got on my heart, there's probably some in here is not going to agree with me. And that's perfectly fine. Uh, what the Lord's gave me, I believe it's what the Bible says, and if we take the Word for what it says, we can't argue with the Word. So uh, Galatians chapter 5, I'll try to give you my heart quick as I can. And we'll uh, just try to do the Lord's will. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, um, it's quite a bit of reading this morning, but we'll just we'll start with verse number one and work our way through. Uh, Scott Smith, you stand and pray before we read. Yes, help us, Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1. I'm going to try not to comment on everything, but we're going to do what the Lord has us to do. Uh, verse number 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So here, uh, this is to the Christian man. This is to the man that's been born again. This is to the man that's been set free. And there is freedom in Jesus. There's freedom from the law. There's freedom from death and from sin. And there's liberty in Christ. That's the only place where there is liberty. And uh, the very first words in this chapter, this is kind of where Galatians uh, takes a turn and starts in another direction. But the very first words in this chapter says, Stand fast. 
That stand fast just means to stay where you're at or to preserve. And uh, I believe that this is a command. I believe that Paul is telling the church in Galatia to stand fast in that liberty that you have. Once you get born again, that's when you're born into that freedom, into that liberty. When you've been washed in the blood and your sins are gone, he says to stay in that state. And in my mind, I know there's a lot that uh, in our day that will tell you that if you've truly been saved, that you'll never go in another direction and there's some that'll say that, um, uh, uh, that if you get saved that you, you, you've got it and you'll never want to go in another direction and I can agree with that to an extent that I don't want to go my spirit man don't want to go in another direction I don't want to be out of the Lord's will but if I give place to my flesh then I can be out of the Lord's will and uh, uh, the, the, the fact of the matter here is that Paul is saying Hey, stand fast. If it was a, if we wasn't able to go in another direction, Paul would have never had to told the Christians to stand fast in where they're at. That tells me that we have a a freedom to do what we want to do, even after we've been born again. There is a freedom whether I want to follow Jesus, whether I want to go in the ways that Jesus has commanded us to go, or whether I want to go back to living the life that I lived before it's up to me where I go he said stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage I was in bondage before I got born again I was in bondage but now I've been set free from that and he enabled me to follow Jesus without the Holy Spirit without the Holy Ghost I was not able to follow the Lord but now that he's indwelled me I have to make the choice but he's given me a way that I can beforehand I didn't have a way and I wasn't able but now he's enabled me now he's given me that liberty now he's given me that freedom and we still have to make the choice every single day to follow him to go in his way verse number 2 says behold I Paul say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. He's talking about the old covenant. Circumcision always is a picture and points you back to the old covenant. Points you toward the law. We're not under the law. We're in Christ. We've been preaching on this for a couple of weeks. <clears throat> but, uh, Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised... Christ shall profit you nothing. So if you're trusting in the circumcision, if you're trusting in the law, if you're trusting in your dead works, Christ is profiting you nothing. But I'm not trusting in my works. I believe with all my heart as he's just told us in number one to stand fast in the liberty that we've got to walk a straight path I believe that I've got to follow the uh, example that Jesus left for us and the example and the commandments that he's left us in our word but I'm not trusting in my works to get me to heaven I'm trusting in what Jesus done on the cross to get me there that's the liberty that's the freedom is in the blood of Jesus the finished work on the cross that's what's getting me there he said if you trust in the circumcision Christ shall profit you nothing. Verse number 3, For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of none effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit 
Wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. That hope of righteousness isn't the righteousness that I have because the blood washed my sins away. This righteousness is a hope for that righteousness, that that eternal perfect righteousness that I'm going to have when I put on that new flesh. When I leave this world and uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. uh, When I get over there, that new body, that new righteousness, that new man, that's what I'm hoping for. He said, for we through the Spirit, wait for the hope. That hope, as we said the other day, is an expectation. It's something that I know is coming out there. If I'll stand fast with the Lord, I've got a hope of that brand new body. I've got a hope of that body that can't be uh, entangled with the world anymore. A hope of that body, that new life that I've got over there on the other side. Well, I'll never have to face sin again. I'll never be corrupted again. I'll be clean. I'll be like Jesus, I'll be perfect. I'll be made new because of the blood that Jesus shed for me. If I'll stand fast and get over there on that side, it'll be far greater than anything I've ever seen on this side. It's what I'm hoping for. It's what I'm expecting. It's what I know is going to come to pass if I'll stand fast. If I'll stand fast. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. We're saved by grace through faith. And if you've got real faith, there'll be some evidence of your faith. Let me see, I wrote this down. Uh, Let me find it. Hebrews 11 and 1, we all know the scripture. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if you truly have faith in Jesus, it's not that you just believe in Jesus, it's that you have faith in who He was and what He did and what He's commanded us to be. It's that we've got faith that I know what He told me is correct and that I've got to turn toward Him to be right with Him. And if I've truly got faith, there'll be some substance of my faith. It said that uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, The evidence of things not seen. If you've truly got faith, there'll be evidence in our life that our works that we're doing, I'm not saved by works, but let's see, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So it's not my works that saves me. The grace of God through faith is what saves me. But if I have real faith and I've got true faith in who Jesus is and what He done for me, then works will follow that. That is the evidence. That is the substance. I say look at our lives this morning. And if we look back on our week that we've lived this week, what kind of evidence is our life showing? What kind of evidence do we have? Are we, do we show in ourselves? We, we know ourselves better than anyone else does. But when we look back on our life this week, do we see somebody that we would call a Christian? Do we see somebody 
somebody that's put forth effort, that's talked to somebody about Jesus as they said that Papa's down there in the hospital and he said that every nurse that comes in there, he tells them about Jesus. That is the substance of his faith. That is the evidence that he is saved. Even in a hard time, even in a struggle, going through surgery and risking his life and things. Then he continues to tell somebody about who Jesus is. What kind of faith do I have? What kind of faith do we ask the church have? Do we have that same kind of faith that the preacher does? The Bible doesn't say just for the preacher to have faith. The Bible tells us as individuals that we have to have faith in Jesus Christ. And if there is faith, there is evidence that you are a child of God. There will be evidence. There will be substance and there will be evidence. That you are a child of God. For we, verse 5 again, for we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. <clears throat> for in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well, who did hinder you? that ye should not obey the truth. <clears throat> this persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. So here in this scripture there's um, some... Judaizers is what they call them. It's people that are trying to convince them that in order to have fellowship with the, the Jews as Christians for them to be the same, that they have to come by the circumcision and not only by Jesus Christ, but the Bible tells us if we try to come in any other way, we're as a thief and a robber. The only way in order to be saved or to see the Father or to get to heaven is through and by the blood of Jesus. There is no other way for you to get to heaven. And here in the scripture, there was false teachers and false preachers that was trying to tell them in order for you to truly be right you've got to do this in this way or in order for you to truly be right you've got to do it in this way but that's not the doctrine that the Bible teaches the Bible teaches us that it's by grace through faith and that's the only way that you're ever going to be saved it's the only way that you're ever going to be right and if you try to add something else on to that then you are returning to sin then you're trying to come in in another way but the word of God does not teach that and here that somebody had been trying to teach them another way and he said I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded but, the, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be verse 11 says and I brethren if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross cease. So apparently the, 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 these Judaizers was saying that Paul, being a Jew, was preaching this same doctrine, which he was not. They are falsely accusing Paul. And can I say that in our day and in our world, they, the, 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 the church world will look at us and will look at me and will look at Preacher Bill and will say that we're trying to preach 
it in some other way, but I'm not. The only way that you can get to heaven is by grace, through faith, in the finished work of the cross, and believing that Jesus Christ died to pay the debt for your sin and rose again on the third day. That is the only way that you can go. But then moving forward, you must stand fast. You must preserve yourself. After that, you have the liberty, whether you want to serve God or not. The choice is up to you. And we've been commanded by the Word of God to stand fast in that liberty. That's what the Word of God teaches, and that's what I'm going to stand on. Verse number 12. I would they were even cut off which trouble you. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed of one another." So there in verse 13 it said, Only use not liberty for an occasion to sin or for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. That's what it is to follow Jesus. That's what it is to serve Jesus. It said, um, uh, verse number 6 said, But faith which worketh by love. My faith works by love. The works that are in me, the works that I do because of my faith, that evidence that my faith shows is love. It's love toward mankind. It's love toward one another. It's love toward the lost sinner in the world. It's showing them love. And just by showing them love, they'll hate us. And not only is it just showing them love, but in order to show them love, we've got to tell them what's right and what's wrong. And that you can only come by faith in Jesus. And then if you're not walking in the liberty that God has called us to, then you're not right with God. That is love. But I believe that the Bible is teaching us here. He said, but if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. You know, in our day, in the modern day church world, we've got so legalistic that we'll look at another church member, we'll look at another member of the body of Christ and we'll say, they're not right with God because they're not living right and we'll say you're not doing right and we'll come to them and we'll put them down and we'll call them out and we'll mark them as somebody that's wrong or bad but that's not what the Bible's called us to do the Bible's called us to go to them in love and to love them as ourselves. and I know in my life I don't want to die and go to hell and I want myself to know the truth and I tell myself the truth when I'm living in sin when I've done things I know is not right I know it because I love me and if my family and my friends are living in sin I will go to them in love and say listen I love you but you can't walk in a lie if you die living in sin if you die not standing fast in the liberty that God has called you to you're going to end up in an eternal hell that is the love that we have faith worketh love the reason Butch is going to the prison tonight is because of love 
The reason some of us this week are going to go and visit somebody that's lost and tell them that they're lost and they need to be born again, it's because of the love that's in us. There's something inside of me that wants to tell a lost and dying world how that they can escape an eternal damnation in hell. I want to tell them, I want them to know that's the faith. That is faith. It's not just believing. The devil and his angels believe, but they don't have faith. There's a difference. Listen, you may believe this morning that Jesus is the Son of God. And I've got lost friends and family that believe that Jesus is the Son of God. But if they're lost and they're cussing and they're drinking and they're doing drugs and they're living in adultery and fornication, they're not standing fast in the liberty that the Lord has called them to. And they cannot go to heaven living in that condition. Verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That walk, it says, this I say then, walk. That shows a necessity of choice. That shows that we have the choice to walk in the Spirit, and we have the choice to walk and fulfill the lust of the flesh. The choice is ours, but it is a necessity that we walk in the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Anybody ever feel like, I must not really be a Christian because my flesh hates me. I feel like at times that I think, Lord, have mercy. Why does my mind long for things that I know are not right? Why does my body sometimes just long to do things that I know is not right? And at times in my mind, the devil will convince me that it's because you ain't saved. It's because you don't know God, but that is a lie. If, if I wasn't saved, I wouldn't be having this battle within myself. It said that the spirit, uh, the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things you would. So I have to fight against my flesh to love my fellow man and walk in the Spirit and walk in faith and walk in love. If I'm walking in love and I'm going to help my brother and sister that's lost or I'm going to help my brother and sister who's lost their house or I'm going to pray for somebody or I'm going to preach the gospel, then I'm not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. And if I walk in the Spirit, which is love, and go in the ways of God, I won't be fulfilling the lust of my flesh it's, that's how I know that I'm saved is because my flesh wants to do things that my spirit don't if I wasn't saved my spirit wouldn't care Yeah, but we can't walk in them things we can't walk in the flesh and still be right just because you're convicted over it doesn't mean you're right with God but if you walk in the spirit instead of the lust of the flesh then you can know you're right with God if you're standing fast in what he's called us to stand in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free verse number 18 but if you be led of the spirit ye are not under the law Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, 
hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revilings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That doesn't say, it doesn't say if you've been saved and you return to these things that you're still okay. The Bible doesn't teach that. I don't know where these that stand up and say, I couldn't go to hell if I wanted to. They're deceived. And they're deceiving the world. They're deceiving people. And people are falling off into hell every day because of the lie that a preacher's told them. But I ain't going to tell you that this morning. I know we're on this subject a lot. And I will continue to be until God tells us to do something else. But you can't live in sin and still go to heaven. That don't mean that if you're living in sin, it don't mean you can't come back to God because you can. If you'll just turn toward Him, the brother was testifying a minute ago that he thought there was a bunch of steps that he had to take in order to get there when really it's just one. It's just one and that one step is just turning. It's just turning from the ways and the direction of your flesh and turning toward the ways and the direction of God. And He will help you. The brother testified and he was bubbling over, excited about who God was and what the Lord was doing in his life and the change that God had made. And he didn't do it. All he did was turn back toward the Lord. And that's all that's required for you. In order for you to be right with God and in order for you to walk in the Spirit, all you got to do is turn back toward the things of God. He'll make the change. He's got his hand reached out this morning saying, come on. Right here it is. All you got to do is reach out and grab it. That's all that's required of you. It's nothing that you can do on your own, but He'll pull you out of sin and He'll pull you out of bondage and He'll pull you out of death, but you've got to turn toward Him. And if you've been born again and you've turned back and you're not standing fast, He'll pull you right back out because He's a loving God. He ain't sitting in heaven with a whip just waiting to whip you for doing wrong. He's sitting in heaven with His hand held out saying, come on back. I love you and I miss you and I want you back here. If my daughter was, I know she ain't even two year old yet, but if she was to do something awful and leave the house, I'd just be dying for her to come back home. I'd just be dying for her to turn back to the way that I know is right and to come on home. And that's the same way that the Lord is with you today. He's just waiting and dying for you to come back home. Just come on back home. They that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. This whole passage of Scripture that we're reading here in chapter number 5, we establish that it is written to the Christian man, and we've established that you can't turn back to the circumcision or to the law and come in any other way, and the only way that you can is through and by the blood of Jesus and to stand fast in that liberty. But if you are living in these, I'm not saying that every now and then you don't fail, because we all do. And if we all say that we don't fall into a lie every now and then, or we don't all fall into fornication every now and then. We'd be lying if we, did, if we said that we didn't because we do. Let God be true and every man a liar is what the Bible says. And we all fail and we all mess.
mess up, but that don't mean that you're walking in the lust of your flesh. There's a difference. I'm striving and trying my best to live for the Lord and to follow the ways of God and to live in that love that the Lord has called me to live in and to stand fast in that liberty. But if I turn back to continuing in my flesh, then I am these things. And I am these things. And in that shape, I cannot inherit the kingdom of God. I cannot according to the Word of God. Verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit, listen, it said fruit, not fruits. I've heard it called the fruits of the Spirit. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruit. Either you're bearing fruit or you're not. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Listen, them three things, them first three things can only come from God. The only place you can have love The only place you can have joy, the only way you can have peace is walking in the Spirit. Is walking in the way that God has called us to walk. You can't manifest this in yourself. You can't do something so great that it gives you peace. You can't have enough money in the bank to give you peace. Peace only comes from God. That security, that love, that joy that you got only comes from God. Long-suffering. Listen, if you're living in faith, and you're walking in the Spirit, and you're standing fast in that liberty that Jesus has saved us unto, you'll have love, you'll have joy, you'll have peace, you'll be long-suffering, you'll have gentleness, you'll have goodness, you'll have faith, you'll have meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Listen, if we are walking in the Spirit, we will have these things. These qualities are qualities of what it is to be a child of God. To be right with God and to be walking in the Spirit, you will have these qualities. Verse 24. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. It's going in chapter 6. Brethren, so he's still talking to us. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault... Listen, this is a fault is just sin. Uh, I think I wrote it down here. A fault is a slip, error, or willful transgression. That's what this word here in the Bible is. That's the definition of this Greek word. Is uh, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, if we fail, if we slip up and do something we know ain't right, it says, Ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. That restore means to repair or to mend. So what I see here is that if a man has fell into sin, if a man has fell into the lust of the flesh, and you can openly see that they're continuing in that way, us that are spiritual, us that are still walking in the Spirit, have the ability, according to the Word of God, to restore them. We have the ability by whatever the Lord instructs you to do, by going and seeing them, by going and talking to them, by crying out and pleading to them. We've got the ability to restore one. Hey, 
I know that the responsibility of the church is to the lost. And I've been trying to preach it every week to the lost because I know that we need that. The lost have got to be getting saved or the church will be dying. That is what we're called to do is tell the lost and dying world who Jesus is and present the gospel to them. That is the call that's on our life. But the call that is also on our life and the ability that God has given us is to restore each other when we fall into a fault and not be biting on each other and bringing each other down and dragging each other out. We have the ability to restore someone who's failed. How many know somebody that used to be a fireball for the Lord and now they're lost out in sin? Amen. You have the ability, I have the ability to restore them. That is a duty that is on our life is to go to them in the spirit of meekness and in the spirit of love and restore them. They may still be out there because ain't nobody going to see them. They may still be out there because nobody's really trying. We have the responsibility to go. We got the the responsibility to go. Verse number 2, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone. So verse number 3 said that, if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. If I think that I can't be right out there in the same sinful nature that they're in, I'm deceiving myself because I can be. And I have been. I've backslid on God and I went in that direction. And I know if I don't continually try to walk in the Spirit and to stand fast in the liberty that He's called me into, I can be right back out there so I don't think that I'm any better than anyone and I know that I'm not. But then there in verse number four it said but let I think this is what we've missed and it says but let every man that's on an individual basis let every man every one of us as individuals let every man prove his own work and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another you know I love when somebody comes to church and they testify about somebody they've won to the Lord. When Butch comes on Wednesdays and he says, we had six professions at the jail last night. Boy, that's good. We can clap. But Butch is rejoicing way more than we are because that's his work that he reproved and he's rejoicing within himself. And the reason I believe that the church is not rejoicing in the way we should rejoice is because we've not proved our own work. We've got a work to do. We've got a work to restore. We've got a work to evangelize. We've got to work to go out there and do our job. And then we can come back to the house of the Lord. And we can rejoice in the proper manner. There will be rejoicing. If you're working, I I know this for a fact. When I ain't working, I don't rejoice. When I am working, I do rejoice. When I can come in and say we had two or three saved at the Hope Center, or I can come in and I can say had one down there at the job site, got to lead them to the Lord, I come in rejoicing. And if we'll all do that, we can all rejoice. There's something for us to do. Walk in the Spirit. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the Word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh 
shall reap of the flesh corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. In due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we therefore, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. The church as a whole in 2024 has let down on being good to them of the household of faith. We're the first ones to cut somebody down. We're the very first ones to say, I can't believe Josh and Karen would lay out on a Sunday and go on a cruise. We are. That's what we do. That's exactly what. I can't believe that they've been sick for three weeks in a row. And we cut them down instead of loving them. I've never talked somebody into coming back to church by saying, you ought to not been like that. You ought to done better. Now, I've never won somebody like that. And you won't. The only way you're going to win them is if you love them because you're just as apt to fall into the same ditch that they fell in. You're just as apt to do it. And if we'll love them, they'll come. If we'll love them, we can restore them. We've got that ability through the Lord, according to the Word of God, to restore them through love. We do. Amen. Let's turn to uh, Hebrews real quick. Hebrews chapter 5. Some of y'all won't like this and neither won't agree. We'll put it that way. This is um, the scriptures, uh, one of the greatest controversies in the Word of God, most of them with the scholars and the theologians and all these things. This is very controversial, but I believe it's pretty plain. Um, Hebrews chapter 5, we'll start in verse 11. Now, we just read about. Some men and women that have fell into a fault. And we're all apt to do that. We're all apt to fall into a fault and get stuck in that rut that we're in and continue on in sin because we've already fell into it and nobody's helping us out. But this, I believe there's a, a, another step beyond that that we're going to read about here. And you may not agree with me, and that's okay. This is the way the Lord gave it to me. Uh, chapter number 5, we'll read verse number 11 to get some context. Of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. For, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For every one that useth the milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You know, in our, in our Christian walk, our senses, our spiritual senses will be exercised. We were just talking about some of them hardships and them valleys that we go through, them trials that the Lord is, is molding us and uh, trying us with. That is to um, exercise our senses so I'll know good from evil. Uh, he says to try the spirits and see if they're good or evil. Um, so uh, those who by reason 
of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That gets us on the meat and off the milk, off the very first stage. Verse, uh, chapter number 6, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, uh, that doctrine of Christ that it's referring to here in this scripture, I'll probably stay slow here. The doctrine of Christ is this entire book. The doctrine of Christ that this scripture is referring to is the Bible. From the very beginning, when mankind fell, this whole book is the story of Christ. It's not just the Gospels. This book is the story of Christ. Therefore, leaving the principles, so that's the beginning, that's the start of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Our perfection is in Christ. Our perfection is in the blood of Jesus, walking in the Spirit. That's where our perfection is. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. It's talking about the law. Not returning to the law. This is what the entirety of the book of Hebrews is about. It says, not, return, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. My works, uh, making sacrifices because of my works. I cannot work my way into heaven. I can't go back to the law and make it by my works. And of faith toward God. My faith's not only in God now. My faith is in Jesus. My faith is in His Son that died for me. That's where my faith is. Of the doctrine of baptisms and laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. So what it's saying is moving on from the law, moving on from the foundation into this new life in Christ. That's what Hebrews is trying to tell us here. It says moving on from the law, moving on from the origins, the starting place. The foundation was the the law. The old covenant was the foundation. If God permit, we'll move on into this new life in Christ And this will we do if God permit, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. That is a child of God. That is a Christian. The world will teach you that that's not a Christian. But in order for you to be enlightened, and in order for you to taste the heavenly gift, and in order for you to be a partaker of the Holy Ghost, you got to be born again. Nobody is a partaker in the Holy Ghost until you get born again. And have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come if they shall fall away. Listen, you can't fall away from something that you never had. In order to fall away, you got to fall away from somewhere that you already are. If they shall fall away, and this fall away that it's talking about here, this Greek word, I think I wrote it down. Yeah, the Greek word that's used here, uh, I ain't even going to try to pronounce it, but it is meaning to apostatize. It's meaning to return to unbelief. Or to refuse to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. It's not talking about those that we was talking about in Galatians. That have fell into a sin. It's talking about those that have went beyond that. And they said, I'm not going to be a Christian. I don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. There's many out here that have fell into sin that still believe Jesus is the Lord. And the Bible tells us that we have the ability to restore them. But these, it says, those that apostatize, it is impossible to renew them again unto repentance. Uh, 
seeing they crucified themselves, the Son of God afresh, and put Him to an open shame. So listen, what, what I'm getting at here is that when our friends and our family fall, when they fall into that ditch of sin, go to them. Go to them. I, I had this thought, and I hope nobody takes offense to this, but yesterday, as soon as uh, mom or dad, whoever posted on Facebook, there was a whole slew of people that called me with an urgency in their voice or text me in an urgency of, where's Bill at? Is Bill okay? If you talk to him, are y'all there? What's going on? And there was this sense of urgency, and that's great. I understand that. But where is that sense of urgency for those that have fell back into sin? There was just, uh, our church people was just so ready and apt to go to the hospital or to pray or to do whatever we could do because Bill was sick. But Bill is saved. But Bill is right with God. Bill's been walking in the Spirit for uh, uh, however many years, 60 years. He's been walking with the Lord, trying to serve God, trying to be right. And we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I don't know his heart, but I have no, uh, I have no unsurety in me that he is right with God. But we've got this sense of urgency that because the preacher's sick, we've got to do something. But we've got church members that have quit on God because they fell in a ditch of sin. And the church acts like we could really care less. There should be a sense of urgency to go and restore them. Because if they continue in sin, they can't go to heaven. And if you continue in sin, you may end up in this state of apostasy. I've seen Christians that were saved, and I know they were saved. I don't know their heart, but I've seen the fruit, those fruit of the Spirit that we was talking about. They produced them. There's no way they wasn't saved. And then they fell in a ditch, and they stayed in that ditch for for so long that now they say, I don't even believe Jesus is real. They fell into apostasy. Now that ability that the Lord had given us to restore them, I can't do nothing for them. I can't help them. He said, let's read all that again. Verse 4, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away or apostatize, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put Him to an open shame. Once they get to that point, I can't help them. I can't help them. But now listen, I'm not saying that they can't be saved again. That's what they'll, they'll try to say that our doctrine, if you believe our doctrine the way we believe it, that this scripture says they can't be saved again. I don't believe that at all. Luke 8 and 27, this is what the Bible says. This is what Jesus said. <clears throat> and he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. I may not be able to go restore them now. I might have missed my chance. That, that, that window of time that I could have went to them and been a help to them, I might have missed that, but God still can. If they're still breathing air, God still can. But I'm afraid that the church world has lost our urgency and we let them get far beyond the point that we can help them and they get to the point that only God can help them. That's a scary place for a friend or a family member to be. That's a scary place for somebody that I love to be to know that I can't be of a help to them. It's going to take an act of God. Help them while we can. 
That's what's on my heart. Help them while we can. Go. Do. Work. Walk in the Spirit. Stand fast in that liberty. I've been made free. Now work in it. Now go forward. Go on for the glory of God. Verse 7. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it and bringeth forth herbs meat for them by whom it is dressed receiveth blessings blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing whose end is to be burned. We've got to walk in the Spirit. This is an analogy. The earth and the water being or the rain being the Spirit of God. The washing of the Word. The Spirit of God is the rain. And said, we'll just read them two again. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it and bringeth forth herbs meat for them by whom it is dressed receiveth blessings from God. We produce fruit through the Spirit. The Spirit comes in and fruit comes out. But that which beareth thorns, that's bad fruit. You're bearing fruit whether it be good or whether it be bad. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing whose end is to be burned. Verse 9, But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have showed toward His name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Listen, this is the title of the message. That ye be not slothful. Be not slothful. I am guilty. I am slothful. I got friends and family and brothers and sisters that I could have restored if I'd have went and done it. But my slothfulness, they just keep getting farther and farther and farther. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. The Old Testament saints of God, they was faithful all the way to the end. And that's the call that's on our life, is to be faithful all the way to the end. Let's all stand. Tommy, you come on play. Listen, this morning, if you don't do nothing else, would you gather around the altar and say, Lord, help me not to be slothful. In your work. Help me not to be lazy. It was already said this morning. I think Butch said it. Uh, lazy people don't make good Christians. <laughs> don't be slothful. What it is to be a Christian is walking in the Spirit and restoring one another and loving one another. That faith is the love. There's substance and evidence in faith. It's love one to another and to the world. Let's gather around this morning and cry out to God and say, Lord, help us to go restore them while we have the ability. The Bible tells us we do. We've got that ability to restore them if we'll go and do it. Not of us. It's the Holy Ghost and the Spirit that works within us. It's Him. It's all Him. But then fruit that we bear can restore them. Listen, come pray as you see fit. Every head bowed, every eye closed.